Hi, my name's Nick Smith, founder and creator of Part-Time Pilot. Now after three years, five flight instructors and over $22,000 out of my bank account, I was finally able to achieve my dream and become a private pilot. Now I have a bachelor's and master's in aerospace engineering and over 10 years experience as a flight test engineer. So if it was that difficult for someone like me, no wonder eight out of 10 student pilots never end up becoming a pilot. So this is why I created Part-Time Pilot and this is why I'm creating this podcast. This podcast will be your audio ground school and just another way Part-Time Pilot is making flight training easier and more consumable for you. So with over 300 students and counting that have used our content to pass the FAA private pilot exams, I hope that you can use this podcast to become the next student to do so. So thank you and I hope you enjoy listening to the Part-Time Pilot audio ground school podcast hey 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 what's going on everybody this is nick from part-time pilot thanks for joining me on the audio ground school podcast where i go through the part-time pilot online ground school every single lesson for you in audio format so that you can study on the go make your life a little bit easier so one thing today we're going to have a little bit shorter on the lessons we're going to finish up section five of the online ground school so if you're following along in the online ground school which i highly recommend because on top of the written lessons that i'm going over in audio here you'll get these audio lessons before they come out on the podcast without the the ads and the other stuff on them and then what you're also going to get is the mnemonic devices the images the step-by-step labeled images the we just did the METAR and TAF, so all the decoded METAR legends and all the legends of all these symbology and stuff on weather charts and stuff like that. You'll get all that in the lesson, and then you get a quiz, and you get videos, video lessons as well. So if you are following along, it's your course titled Step 2, the Private Pilot Lessons. You go in there to Step 2. You click on Section 5, Weather Theory, Charts, and Information. And we're going to finish this section up today. It was 19 lessons long. Last episode, we did lessons 15, 16, and 17 on wind and temperatures aloft, low-level significant weather, and radar weather observations. And then today, we're going to get into air mets and sig mets and then weather briefings, and that should finish it off. shouldn't take too long. But before we do that, I just want to talk about scholarships. So one thing I'm doing right now is I'm doing a free course, How to Become a Pilot and Save Money. I've even started a Facebook group that its whole goal, the whole goal of the group is for students and instructors and everybody in the aviation field to share ideas and ways that they can help other students find ways to, to pay for flight training. So one of the ways we do that is by sharing scholarships in that course, in that free course. I'll put a link to that free course in the show notes. But one of the lessons in that free course is a just a list of scholarship opportunities. So I want to talk a little bit about some of those and some of those that are about the deadlines are coming up. So you got to get in your application. And if you're out there thinking right now, like I shouldn't apply, I'm not going to win. So many people apply. It's not worth my time. Stop it. You would be very surprised if you just go out and apply to a bunch of them that you might just get it and, and put, you know, put some time into it. So for example, we have our own scholarship and this is Part of the reason why I want to talk about this is that deadline is coming up. 
So I believe this episode should be dropping on like January 23rd. The deadline for our next $1,000 scholarship is February 1st. So you have to get your application in before February 1st. How do you do that? Well, you have to be a part of our online ground school. Once you're in on your members page, if you go to your dashboard, you go to my memberships, you click on your membership and you scroll down. There's a link in the description for it's a short application. You just fill that out and then you'll also have to tag us on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok in some type of aviation related post and then leave us a review at trustpilot.com. So those are the things you have to do to apply for our $1,000 scholarship. We do about four of those a year. We want to do more of them. You have to be one of our students, unfortunately, but go check it out. You also, you know, when you become our student, you also are in and get our content for life. So that is helpful. So that's coming up February 1st. And I want to talk a couple other ones that their, their applications are open. And now we have a list of like 20 of these in that course. Like I talked about that free course, that free course also talks about a, a bunch of other tips on things to, of how to avoid like overpaying and unnecessary costs. And so let's talk about a couple of those scholarships real quick that you guys might want to apply to. So one of those is the AOPA scholarship. So you guys know AOPA. I'm sure you've heard of it. They do a lot of scholarships. The 2023 AOPA Foundation scholarship program is open. Scholarship applications open on September 5th and they close on February 10th, 2023. So that's kind of coming up. Okay, so let's get in our applications for the IOPA. And again, this link is in the free course and I'll put the link to the free course. You just sign up for the free course with a name and email and then you can jump straight to the scholarship lesson if you want, but there's a lot of good other information in there, step-by-step step, how to become a pilot, and then, like I said, a bunch of tips and tricks on how to save yourself money. All right, so the OPA scholarship we talked about, then there's this one called the Leroy Homer Scholarship, and that one is, you can apply right now, and I wanna see, let's see here, where is the deadline? It, it says they're now open, so that's good. I don't see a deadline on here but it says they're now open you have to be a u.s citizen you have to be at least from 16 to 23 years old so some of these have have some requirements for, like like for example this one you have to be a little bit younger unfortunately uh and you have to be a private pilot so if you're going for like your instrument or commercial you you can't do it all right so that's that one and again the link is in in that that one's currently open and then we have the one more here, the National Air Transportation Association or NADA scholarship. That one is open and it closes in June. So you got some time, but why not just go submit your application now? You have to, this is for high school students. You have to be a senior in high school planning a career in general aviation, be enrolled or accepted into aviation related programs, submit the letter of acceptance from the college or university and be able to demonstrate an interest in pursuing a career in general aviation. So. So there's some requirements for some of these. Some some of these are more open-ended. For example, like ours is you just have to be in our online ground school and I don't care. I'll give you that $1,000 and you can spend it on whatever you want. <laughs> I trust that the, the people who are in our online ground school and they ha you know through their application, I can tell they're working hard towards their goals. Then I, I don't care what you spend it on. I know that it's gonna help you in some way to achieve your dream of, of becoming a pilot. And then, so we have a huge list in that course. Go check it out. Sign up for that free course. There's a lot of good information. We have 99 scholarships, National Gay Pilots Association scholarships, National Business Aviation Association scholarships, Women in Aviation scholarships, 
uh, Women Rock Wings Scholarships, General Aviation Manufacturer Scholarship, National Data Solutions Scholarship, Boeing Scholarships, Air Force Scholarships, Air Club of New England, Alaska, Montana, Chicago, Westchester, Latinas, Female Aviators, Aero, Student Pilot, Astronaut Scholarship Funds, which actually works for, for people becoming a pilot, National Coalition for Aviation and Space. There's a lot, and we're going to add even more. I'll also put the link to the Facebook group that I'm trying to grow and just make it a community where we all share ideas on how to pay for flight training. All right, so kind of a long intro today, but I think it's information you guys are really going to want to know and be helpful. I know that I would want to know about scholarship opportunities, so I thought it would be good to share for you guys. So go get that course, get those links, and apply, all right? Cool. With that out of the way, let's get to the lesson 18, again in section 5. Lesson 18 on airmets and sigmets. Airmets and sigmets are in-flight weather advisories that pilots can use while in flight to determine things like freezing level, probable areas of icing, aloft, turbulence, thunderstorms, and other hazardous weather of high significance to in-flight pilots. So notice that I said in-flight a few times because that's really the differentiator of airmets and sigmets is their in-flight weather advisory. So you would get them while you're flying. So you'd somehow get them from your aircraft. Airmets are, so you have airmets and sigmets. Airmets are in-flight weather advisory forecasts that are occurring or may occur along an air route that may affect aircraft safety. The key word here is may. Airmets detail potentially hazardous weather conditions for light aircraft such as moderate icing and moderate turbulence. So an airmet is like it may cause aircraft safety. So what they're referring to is it kind of depends upon your aircraft. If you have a small aircraft, all weather phenomena are going to affect your aircraft more than, say, a large Boeing 777 or something like that, a really large aircraft. That's going to be less affected by certain weather phenomena. So when they say may, that kind of alludes to the fact that it details potentially hazardous weather conditions for light aircraft such as moderate icing and moderate turbulence. So that I want you guys to remember for the FA written exam because there is a question about that. What, what do airmets detail? Well, they detail potentially hazardous weather conditions for light aircraft such as moderate icing and moderate turbulence. An airmet is issued every six hours and there are three types of airmets. There's an airmet Sierra, airmet Tango, and airmet Zulu. An airmet Sierra describes IFR conditions of ceiling and visibility as well as mountain obscurations. Now, if you've been going through our whole audio lessons and you don't know what IFR and VFR are yet, basically IFR is low ceilings and visibility and VFR is high ceilings and visibility, so better weather. And private pilots are allowed to fly in VFR. And if you want to fly in IFR, you have to get an IFR rating. So that's the, the general scope of it. We're going to get into the exact definitions here in a bit when we transition to like airspaces because we'll need to know those those definitions for the airspace rules and stuff like that. But so just just so you know what that is. So an Airmet Sierra describes IFR conditions of ceilings and visibility as well as mountain obscurations. So when you see Airmet Sierra, think IFR ceilings and visibility. Sierra ceilings, Sierra ceilings and visibility. Airmet Tango describes turbulent conditions. So that one's easy. Tango T. So Tango T turbulence. So Airmet Tango describes turbulence. Airmet Zulu describes icing. So you maybe think of icing, 
Ising spelled with a Z. That's kind of how I remembered it, Ising conditions. So Hermes <laughs> Zulu or Ising conditions. So Hermes Zulu is ice, Hermes Tango is turbulence, and Hermes Sierra is ceilings of visibility. In the lesson here in the online ground school, we show an example of an Hermes in text format. So obviously, again, you can get these in flight. So that was the keyword we mentioned earlier, the in-flight weather. So you're probably not going to get it in-flight in text format, but you can also get them when you're not in flight, and you can get them usually in text format in like a, a, a weather report or a, it, as part of your weather briefing. So that's what airmets are. Remember the Sierra, Sierra Tango, Zulu airmets for potentially hazardous weather conditions for light aircraft such as moderate icing and moderate turbulence, and then sigmets are in-flight weather forecast for significant meteorological hazards that are hazardous to all aircraft. So even the big ones. So if you see a segment and you know it's going to affect a big aircraft, it's definitely going to affect your little general aviation aircraft. So watch out for those. Watch out for airmets too. You want to watch out for both, but segments are, are the heavy hitters for sure. Segments are widespread and cover large areas of at least 3,000 square miles. There are two types of segments. You have a non-convective segment and a convective segment. A non-convective segment details potentially hazardous in-flight conditions for all aircraft, such as severe icing or severe turbulence. So we had airments, which were potentially hazardous aircraft for that may affect potentially hazardous conditions that may affect aircraft, such as moderate icing and moderate turbulence. And then you go to non-convective segment which is potentially hazardous in-flight conditions for all aircraft, such as severe icing and severe turbulence. So it's severe icing, severe turbulence, kind of the difference between the two. And then non-convective segments, they are, they're not scheduled and they're valid for four hours. So it's not like on a schedule, but w when the weather comes, they're issued and they're valid for four hours. Then you have a convective segment. Convective segment details hazardous in-flight weather conditions for any flight, again, for, for all aircraft, they detail severe or embedded thunderstorms, hail greater than three quarters of an inch, and or tornadoes. So really, really severe stuff. Let me say that again. Convective segments detail severe or embedded thunderstorms, hail above three quarters of an inch, and or tornadoes. So remember, convective, you're getting the convection in a thunderstorm. So that's what you kind of want to remember, convective thunderstorm, convective thunderstorms. And this implies, these also imply, any segment imply, whether it's non-convective or convective, implies severe turbulence and severe icing. So a, a non-convective segment, severe icing, severe turbulence, a convective segment, you still have that severe icing, severe turbulence, but now you have the thunderstorms, that the big hail or tornadoes. So even more dangerous phenomena. Convective segment forecasts thunderstorms that are obscured by massive cloud layers. So they'll also convey that so you don't miss a thunderstorm that, that is obscured by, by big cloud layers. You might just think it's, you know, a lot of clouds, a, a big, you know, a, a heavy ceiling day, you know, lots of clouds out there, but you might not know that there's a thunderstorm in there. So that's what a convective segment is going to tell you. It's going to help you decipher where those are at. As a student pilot, you care about every single one of these airmets and segments since you'll be in a light aircraft. If you were a commercial pilot flying a, a Boeing 737, 777, whatever, then you might not care too much about an airmet, 
but you would be interested in a non-convective or convective sigmet. Airmets and sigmets can be found at aviationweather.gov in graphical or text-based form. I suggest using the graphical tool at aviationweather.gov because the text-based version can be confusing due to the many abbreviations used for locations. You will kind of be at, you might be asked on the FA written to kind of decipher a a sigmet or an airmet in text format. I don't break them down because they're a little bit different. They use a lot less abbreviations than like a METAR or a TAF, so they're pretty intuitive. So we don't really have to. And once you understand METARs, TAFs, and PIREPs and how to read those, you'll know how to read an airmet or a sigmet. And then if you want to get these, we're going to go on to the next lesson, which talks about weather briefings. And that'll allude a little bit to how you get to, to these in the air, but you can get these from flight service stations in the air while you're flying. You can call up one of those stations and they can provide this sort of stuff for you. All right, so that is the lesson on airmets and sigmets. Let's go to the last lesson of this section on weather. Lesson 19, weather briefings. A great way for pilots to get all this information is in a weather briefing as part of a filed flight plan. By filing a flight plan at www.1800wxbrief.com, so that's www.1800wxbrief.com, or by calling 1800wxbrief which would be 1-800-992-7433, a pilot can request either an abbreviated standard or outlook weather briefing. For flights within the hour when no other weather information has been gathered, a pilot should get a standard briefing. For flights that have been delayed or if a pilot has already received a weather briefing earlier in the day and just wants an update, the pilot should get an abbreviated briefing. And finally, for flights more than an hour away, a pilot should get an outlook or forecast briefing. So you'll want to remember the differences between the three. You might get asked on the FAA written. A standard briefing is just the full briefing that you get if you're, you're, you call right before your flight. And you want to get the weather, get the full. They're going to give you METARs, TAFs you know, at your, your takeoff airport, your landing airport, so that you're going to get the ground conditions at your terminals that you're going to fly to. You're going to get the in-route conditions. They'll ask you what out cruise altitude you're going to fly at. They'll tell you the winds aloft. They'll tell you if there's any airmets or sigmets, and they'll even tell you if there are any TFRs, which if you don't know what that is, we'll get to that. So they're going to give you a full-on brief of your flight. It's really, really handy and really, really cool to talk to a briefer. They're really awesome people and they help you out for free so it's really really cool and you can get an online briefing as well and if you have four flight they do that too in within four flight you can basically make your route in four flight and then you know send it to the the plan make it a plan or whatever i think it is and then it, it and then you can download the weather briefing and all the information in like text format on your ipad on four flights. So that's really cool. The weather briefing system uses all sources of weather information such as METARs, TAFs, area forecasts, SIGMETs, PIREPs, etc. to compile their briefings to you and can be extremely efficient and useful tool. When telephoning a weather briefing facility or for pre-flight weather information, pilots should state whether or not they intend to fly VFR only as well as their intended route of flight 
destination and type of aircraft, aircraft tail number, and estimated time of departure. With this information, the briefer can give you a more accurate briefing for your flight. So they're going to ask you this. You, you might get asked this on the FAA written, what you would tell a weather briefer. I have seen a question like that. If you actually call up a weather briefer, they're going to ask you these things one by one, but you don't want to be unprepared when you call them. They got other people to help out, so you want to have this information prepared, and that's why the FAA is going to ask you about that. So you want to tell them whether your flight is VFR or not, the intended route of flight, where you're going, the destination, what type of aircraft you have, aircraft tail number, and estimated type of departure. All stuff you would put in a filed flight plan, so just have that ready and to tell the weather briefer. All right, so that is it. That's the last lesson of this whole entire section, 19 lessons on section five weather theory charts and information. Whew, that was a big long one. I'm glad to be on to something new, start talking about something new, which will be less section six on national airspace systems. So lesson one, we're gonna tell you what VFR, IFR, and special VFR are. We kind of mentioned them towards the end of the weather lessons. We're gonna tell you the exact definitions of those and why they matter in terms of airspace and flying as a private pilot. So we'll tell you what those are in lesson one. Then we'll get into the different types of airspace. So lesson two will be class A or alpha airspace. Lesson three will be class Bravo, class Charlie, class Delta, class Echo, and class Golf through lesson seven. And then we'll get into some more stuff around airspaces and then we'll because there's so many questions on the fa written about airspaces we'll do an airspace review at the very end so and each one of these when we go over like each class of airspace we're going to talk about the requirements of that airspace so that's the weather the weather minimums of each the equipment requirements the speed requirements all the stuff you got to remember for your exam and for when you're flying in flight planning if you want to go in one of these airspace what do you, what's required of you? Can you, are you allowed in there? All that sort of stuff. So that's coming up another big section. You know, there's no shortage of, of information in this course. Thank you guys for listening. Today was kind of short on information in terms of the ground school, but not short on good information for stuff like scholarships and, and, and that sort of stuff and, and other things that can help you out. So thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a good week, and I will talk to you next week. Hey guys, it's Nick. I want to take a second to speak directly to the student pilots out there. You might be a student pilot that is you know, wondering what to do next, how to get started, or maybe you're looking for the right ground training or flight training, or maybe you've already started ground training or flight training, and you're stuck, you're in a rut, and you're looking for a change, something to help get you out of that hurdle from my own experience in flight training after three years five instructors and twenty two thousand dollars and wanting to quit multiple multiple times and then now after seeing hundreds and hundreds of student pilots through part-time pilot i've realized that the number one thing that makes student pilots fail is that they do not have a good fundamental understanding of the ground training when they get to the more advanced flight lessons now who here has seen top gun maverick do you remember in the movie when he says, don't think, just do? Now, when I heard this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is brilliant because this is exactly what you have to be as a pilot. Now, of course, 
It's not that we're not thinking, but it's that we understand things like weather, aerodynamics, what our instruments are telling us, what ATC is telling us. We have such a good core fundamental understanding of these things that we don't have to think about them. And when we don't have to think about them, we can instinctively feel and fly the aircraft, look out for dangers and avoid emergency situations. If we do have to think about these things, it's going to put us behind mentally and we're going to be behind the aircraft. And when you're behind the aircraft mentally, bad things happen. And this happens when you don't have a good understanding of the ground school content. So now the first 10 to 15 hours of your flight training can go smooth, even if you don't have a good understanding of ground training, right? You can go up for a discovery flight, have a blast. You can go up, learn how to take off, learn how to land. You may be even able to solo for the first time, fly a plane for the first time everything's great and dandy but once you get into you know bad weather flying or flying at heavy heavily trafficked airports or speaking with atc for bravo clearance or cross-country flight planning and flying solo on a cross-country flight things get a little more advanced and when this happens and you don't have a good understanding of the ground school concepts you're gonna hit a wall you're gonna start to get behind the aircraft and when this happens if you have a good flight instructor, they're going to stop you and they're going to say, okay, we need to do one-on-one -on -one ground lessons. And now you're going to be paying your flight instructor to not even fly with you, but instead $50, $60, $70 an hour to just teach you the ground school content that you should already know. And, and the worst part is, is you're not flying with them. So the flight training that you gain, the currency, the proficiency that you gain is going to be lost and you're going to have to redo those lessons. What happens to most student pilots is they continuously hit these mental blocks where they get behind the aircraft they start making mistakes and then they catch up with the ground knowledge only to have that happen again and they start to get in this vicious cycle of having to redo trainings and repay for trainings until it gets to the point where them or their family they finally say you know what this has to stop we can no longer afford the training costs uh, without any progress you know and they end up quitting now so how do we avoid that well here comes part-time pilot again i said i went through my own experience of this and i realized that most flight training and ground training is not tailored to the modern day student pilot and when i say modern day student pilot i should say modern day part-time student pilot because let's face it there's a very small percentage of us that can go and dedicate 24 7 365 to our flight training or not even miss a beat and be able to pay for flight training without working so most of us have a full-time job or maybe a part-time job we have kids we have family we have school we have all these other responsibilities on top of flight training and most of these flight trainings and ground trainings are not tailored towards you and so how is it the part-time pilot tailors to the modern day student pilot well the first way we do that is by keeping ground school interesting you want to avoid being boring you want to avoid that burnout so how we do that is we present our material in multiple multiple ways and you're actually listening to one of them right now you can consume our content via this podcast and an audio recording you can do this while you're running while you're driving in traffic again tailoring to that busy part-time student pilot or you can read through our written lessons you know i like to read so for those of you that like to read you can read through the lessons you can see the step-by-step -step examples and the procedures that we have 
Or you can look through our study guide and see our diagrams and mnemonic devices, have that visual cue, those visual cues and aids that help further your understanding. Or you can watch our videos. Or you can take our quizzes and practice tests to reinforce what you just learned. And then finally, you can join us live weekly for our live Q&A and our live lessons so you can see in real time these things taught out and these examples done in real time. And then finally, you can utilize our group community to form study groups, get questions answered 24-7. All of this is tailored for the modern day student pilot to keep ground school interesting, keep it from being boring, keep from having that burnout, and to find ways that you can consume the content throughout your busy schedule. And guess what? It works. We've had over 350 student pilots come through, take and pass their FAA exams without a single student failing. That's right. A single student has yet to tell me that they failed either their FAA written or their FAA checkride. So that is just proof in the pudding right there that our concepts, the way we explain things in plain written English, and the way we give you multiple ways to consume this content is working. So if this sounds like something you might be interested in and you want to come join us, we'd love to have you. Just go to www.parttimepilot.com, click on Online Ground School, and we'll see you inside the Online Ground School. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.